This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Go Vols 247 podcast, a breaking news edition slash recruiting edition, because the breaking news is that Tennessee has received yet another commitment here in a flurry for the Vols. Jesse Perry, an offensive lineman out of the Mid-State, and uh, I am Ben McKee, joined by Ryan Callahan. Ryan, Tennessee picks up yet another in-state, from the Mid-State, offensive lineman. That's right, and uh, and, and a guy that they they really, really liked and had gone after pretty hard the, the past couple months. Uh, as you said, Jesse Perry up over 20 offers, I think 25 offers now. And, and had some had some pretty good options. Really, really, this came down to Tennessee and Vanderbilt in the end. Uh, Tennessee had, had recruited him really hard, as I said. Vanderbilt, if there was any other team that was on him just as hard, it, it was probably Vanderbilt. Um, they they really liked him and uh, made made him a priority. But but Tennessee obviously win, wins that battle, and you know not surprising considering that he he was a he's basically a lifelong Tennessee fan. His family's full of Tennessee fans, so th- this was going to be tough, I think, for anyone else to to win out in the end. Um, but this was a guy that was talking, you know, just after his latest visit to Tennessee less than two weeks ago about taking some official visits in June, waiting, exploring his options. You know, he had scheduled a visit to TCU for just a few days from now, uh, decided not to end up taking that trip and, and, and some others that he was looking into. Just, you know, after he looked around for a little while and, and his latest visit to Tennessee, especially, he just decided, you know what? I, I don't I don't see any other schools matching what what Tennessee has. So uh, he he told me that in the end it was this was more about everything Tennessee had to offer and and just what he feels his opportunity is like at, at that program and and how it can fit him and benefit him as a player as opposed to just the fact that he's going to the school that he he grew up kind of you know if not dreaming of playing for at least liking. So uh, that that was a uh, that that was a factor maybe in his decision, but at the end of the day, he said this was about everything Tennessee showed him as a recruit uh, and just the way he felt there during those visits. So uh, nice, nice in-state recruiting win for Tennessee. They continue to do really good work in the state of Tennessee, uh, you know, adding, adding him to, you know, Carson Gentle on the defensive line, Marcus Gorey, the four-star uh, defensive back from, from Bradley central down in, in Cleveland. And, and also obviously Caleb Beasley, the four-star cornerback from Lipscomb Academy in Nashville. So, uh, and still still uh, another at least handful of guys in state they would like to add to this class but they uh they continue to to kind of get the guys they want for the most part in the state of Tennessee and that's that's definitely not something we were saying a couple of years ago so so nice early pickup for Tennessee and, and and good work for them to to get this done before the summer uh when this looked like you know not too long ago one that might stretch out into June or July and this is a kid that has great size at six foot six, two hundred and seventy-five pounds. That, that's what we at two four seven Sports have him listed on his page, and uh, we also have him listed as an offensive tackle, as you might imagine, for somebody who is six foot six and uh, approaching three hundred pounds. And will be interesting to see how big he gets once he gets to Tennessee. Is is he done growing? Uh, how much weight is he going to add? But the question that I'm getting to, Ryan, is do you think that 
he is somebody that Tennessee wants at the tackle position, or could he play other positions along the offensive line? Well, tackle is, is still a very good possibility, but uh, when I talked with him about that uh, before the announcement, he he said that, that Glenn Ellerby, the offensive line coach, has recently mentioned to him at least floating the possibility or thinking about the possibility of trying him at center. Um, now, that doesn't mean it's going to happen. That doesn't mean uh, that that's where people should be projecting him in their mind, but they should they should at least know that's a possibility maybe. Uh, and an interesting one at that. Um, you, you don't see a whole lot of six foot six centers. It does happen sometimes. We've seen that at Tennessee before. You know, Coleman Thomas was around that size uh, years ago as a starting center. So you, you do see that from time to time. Uh, and, and there's some things about his game that, that might make him make sense there. You know, he's just a, a really smart player. You need you need somebody who can process things quickly, obviously run to the ball quickly, get everybody set in Tennessee's offense. That's a big deal. He's a very athletic guy. So so that makes sense. And and has the has the mentality and the intelligence on the field to do it, I think. Um, so you're always looking for that. And uh, and he plays in a th- – this is sort of what's unique about him as a prospect. He plays in a very run-heavy offense, kind of a traditional single wing mostly, even though they throw it some uh, at Middle Tennessee Christians. So he, he gets to uh, he gets to run block all the time, and, and his pass sets are sort of the part of his game that are maybe still developing most. So he's he's going to have to add some weight. Obviously, two seventy five is not uh, not not undersized by any means. College coaches love when they get tackles on campus who, who weigh about that much, and they can put good weight on them as opposed to to, to needing to you know have them drop thirty pounds and get more athletic. You take the athleticism, add a few more good pounds, and and you're good there. Uh, and then, and and two seventy five going into his senior year, you know, he could easily be two ninety, two ninety five, and and that's not even a stretch. Uh, by the time he gets on campus uh, in in possibly January, he, he said he'll probably be an early enrollee, but that's not set in stone just yet. So that should uh, also give him a chance to develop a bit more uh, going into his freshman year. But uh, yeah, the fact that he could maybe be a possibility at center, that that's interesting to me because he looks like more of a prototypical tackle, at least a right tackle. You know, you, you always have to wait and see uh, if a guy's, you know, going to have the 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 build and the athleticism and everything to play left tackle, but he definitely has the length to be a tackle either way. And uh and, and there's yeah, at least a few options there with a the guy like that. But just know that he's a little bit uh raw, maybe not the right word, but definitely has some developing to do still just from the the the, the standpoint of adding some weight and then also continuing to develop as a pass protector, especially if he plays the tackle position, knowing that that's not something he's doing on an every down basis in high school. You know, he's he's pass blocking some but that's definitely not his focus in that middle Tennessee Christian offense. Well, and the versatility is key. I, I think it is so, so important in today's game of football. It, it kind of felt, you know, back in the day where guys were pigeonholed in into one position. Uh, if if you're a tackle, you if you're a left tackle, you, you may slide over and play right tackle, kind of like what we saw Darnell Wright do this past year. Or if you're a left guard, slide over and, and play right guard. And if you're a center, you're – you can probably step out and play guard as well, but but it seems like the offensive line position is moving more and more towards kind of the philosophy that defensive backs and, and secondaries have taken the, the last couple of years where you want guys that can play multiple positions in the secondary. They they can play nickel, they they can play true corner, maybe they can play strong safety, free safety. They can they can bounce around and do a lot of different things for you because a injuries are are a huge part of the game of football obviously but but also you you just never know what situation may pop up in a game and and 
with the increased athleticism on the perimeter and, and in space, it's it's important to have guys that can do different things. And and I'm talking about defensive backs in, in the perimeter and, and out in the open field, but in, in a different way that that's kind of happened inside in the trenches as well, having to deal with uh, the athleticism out on the, the edge at tackle, but also interior defensive linemen are, are getting more and more athletic by the year as well. So the versatility, I, I think, is going to be really, really key uh, for Perry, and, and not just Jesse, Jesse Perry, but you're, you're kind of seeing Tennessee bring in offensive linemen that can play multiple spots, and, and I think that's such a great thing for so many reasons, but it is important to go get a tackle body, right? And, and I'll, I'll, I'm I'll, going to operate under the assumption that, that he is probably going to play tackle most likely, but also recognizing that he could slide over and, and play center. So just sticking with the tackle theme, Ryan, it's important, obviously, to add tackles, especially when you look at the current roster and and you see J.J. Crawford and and Gerald Mincy, John Campbell, the transfer from Miami, a lot of veterans at at that tackle position. And you do have some young guys that they're trying to develop, but they're exactly that. They're young guys who haven't proven themselves, and you you don't know whether you're going to be able to rely on them as capable starters in this league so to to continue to add guys who can play tackle is just very important Uh, absolutely and that's that's kind of a focus for Tennessee on the offensive line I think in this class you know there there are some other offensive linemen obviously that that don't project as tackles that that Tennessee is recruiting but when you look at their board a lot of the guys they're heavily involved with the ones they're really targeting most of them are at least possible tackles, guys who are capable of playing tackle, even if they can play guard uh, or, or whatever the case may be. They they need more tackle bodies and, and guys who can, um, you know, ha- have that versatility at least to be options there. Um, that, that's something they've. It's it's been a bit of a struggle at times in recent years, uh, going going back to the previous staff to find true tackles, and and, and so they're I think making some headway in this class to to get to get a healthier long-term depth chart you know we saw them take brian grant uh, a couple of years ago and uh, bring him in as a, as a as another kind of developmental guy with a, a similar frame uh coming out of high school not a lot of experience in his case but you know sometimes you have to take guys like that and i think you're going to see even more of that from teams like tennessee especially but but maybe from everybody because what you're seeing you know we've seen tennessee go to the transfer portal a couple of years in a row now um for for help and and especially this past off season on the offensive line to, to have to go to the portal to get a starting tackle this past year, that, that wasn't easy. And they tried to get, you know, a, a, a Tyler Steen or someone like that last year uh, going into the 2022 season. You're not going to be able to do that every year. It's going to be hard. There's a lot of competition. The, those starting tackles, guys who can come in and start right away are some of the most sought after players in the transfer portal. And, and so you don't want to have to be in that business every year, especially in this NIL era. Those are just competitive battles. They're they're too hard to win. You know they they did well to land John Campbell this year uh, out of Miami, beating out Florida and Florida State for him. So you want to take tackle bodies as much as possible and not have to be in that in that transfer portal game looking for help. You know you want to be able to address that position internally. So so maybe you take an extra developmental guy at tackle, um, a guy who's going to take you know a couple years to get ready, but down the road gives you a pretty good option. That, that might be the focus more. You can probably find interior guys a little bit more in the transfer portal if you have to, but those tackle bodies are just hard to find. Everybody's looking for them. So uh, I think in Tennessee's case, uh, a very good pickup from that standpoint because it addresses the need. And he's a guy that, again, you know, athletically checks all the boxes 
and, and, and has, I think, a, a, an intriguing amount of upside just because he does play at a smaller level school at, at Middle Tennessee Christian, so he's not gotten a ton of exposure before the past few months. And, uh, and he does play in that run-oriented offense where there's probably another level to his game that we haven't fully seen because he's not been able to really focus on developing as a pass protector first and foremost. We have some bigger picture offensive line recruiting questions that I I want to tackle after we take a break. But b- before we do hit that break, Ryan, what is your thought on kind of where Tennessee is at now in this recruiting class with its offensive line class? Yeah, this is the first offensive line commitment. I think they're off off to a good start. You know, again, they've uh, they, they've got some uh, a, a lot of options uh, still out there, and they're they're in the in the running for a lot of them. They've got some official visits scheduled from guys um, for this summer uh, in, in the month of June. So they, they look like they they have a pretty healthy board right now. And especially when you plug in uh, Jesse Perry as the first commitment, you know they're they're probably looking at taking four or so offensive linemen again in the 2024 class. Uh, that, that could always vary by one, but but probably somewhere around four. And uh, and again, tackles being an emphasis for that group, so you're probably looking at two or three uh, possible tackles among that group. So uh, it's a nice start. Uh, they've, they've got a lot of you know bigger names still out there, guys like Daniel Calhoun that they're still heavily involved with. But you know, as we saw last year, Francis Malangoa and uh, Stanton Ramil, some of the the higher ranked and, and big name guys that they they were in on. There's there's no guarantee with those those battles. They got a, a pretty highly ranked guy in Shamrod Umarov, but um, not. You, know, you you didn't see Tennessee win. Uh, it, it's uh, the 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 lion's share of those battles. So you've got to you you've got to find what's what's uh, realistic. And, and I think they've given themselves a, a much healthier list of realistic options so far. Gotten a lot of guys on campus. So I think they're in a, a pretty good spot to be able to to land some of those guys. But yeah, getting this first offensive line commitment a, a nice step because a lot of those don't come until the summer sometimes. Uh, you know, it's summer's a big time for a lot of kids, but especially offensive linemen because some of them have to wait for camps in the summer. You know, a lot of these college coaches want to see guys come on campus and work out at camp. So if you're a guy like a, a Ronan O'Connell, you know, he just got an offer from Clemson this week. Uh, and that, that could be the start of, of his recruitment taking on even, even another level. What if he goes to camps at places like Notre Dame, a school he's always coveted or, or Alabama this summer, someplace like that and earns an offer. So summer, you know, getting a guy off the board before the summer, I think is a big plus. And again, when you look at the list of names still out there for Tennessee, I think they're in a, a pretty good spot to be able to address their needs there. They need to continue to stack up some depth at the tackle position, especially, but they, they, they look like they're well on their way to, to addressing those needs uh, with, with this addition and, and still, you know, in, in good shape with some other guys like, uh, like Gage Genther that we've mentioned since, uh, since last weekend's visit, uh, a guy from Colorado that Tennessee's really uh, made a move with. So I think they've, they've got a chance to continue to, to build on this momentum uh, in the coming weeks as they, as some of these guys move closer to, to possible spring decisions. Tennessee picks up its first offensive line commitment in the class of 2024 from Jesse Perry at a middle Tennessee Christian school there in Murfreesboro. And like I said, I want to have a conversation about Tennessee's offensive line recruiting to this point in the Josh Heupel era. And under Glenn Ellerby, but first we do need to take a break here on the Go Vols 247 podcast. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back into the Go Balls 247 podcast. I am Ben McKee joined by Ryan Callahan. A breaking news edition of sorts because Tennessee has picked up a commitment from Jesse Perry, an offensive lineman from Middle Tennessee Christian School in Murfreesboro, Tennessee's first offensive line commitment in the class of 2024. And before we continue the conversation, would like to suggest and request, if you don't mind, to go like, rate, and review the podcast. We would greatly appreciate that. Ryan Callahan, putting you on the spot here, buddy. I I, I like what Glenn Ellerby has done with Tennessee's offensive line on the field on Saturdays to this point in his tenure. I thought one of the big reasons Tennessee was able to go from a seven-win football team to an 11-win football team is because of the play in the trenches. Obviously, Rodney Garner's holding it down on on the defensive side of the ball, but I, I do think you saw Glenn Ellerby develop this room this past season. You, you saw Darnell Wright get better as a football player. You, you saw Cooper Mays, Jerome Carvin, Javante Spragans all get better as football players, uh, and, and even J.J. Crawford, Gerald Mincy, they didn't necessarily assert themselves, I would say, but there were very, very few instances in which it, it was noticeable at, at left tackle that it was kind of a revolving door. Uh, I, I don't think people realize that it was kind of musical chairs over there for a good chunk of the season, and, and that's a credit to, to where Glenn Ellerby had his offensive line but the question that I'm getting to is how much trust and faith should Tennessee fans have in Glenn Ellerby and Josh Heupel's evaluations? Because I, I don't think there's any question that they're going to develop guys because we, we've already seen that. He he took players that weren't his and, and made them better. But if we're just being completely honest, a, a three-star offensive lineman – that is in state who is barely ranked inside the the top 1000 in the two two four seven sports composite. It, it's really not going to excite fans a ton. It, it's not Wanye Morris on the recruiting trail. It, it's not even uh, Shamarab Umarov. Uh, and I'm sure I'm, I just butchered his name. So I apologize to Sham. Uh, I, I keep it to Sham. So I don't butcher his name. Um, and, and you mentioned Daniel Calhoun earlier. But even Tennessee, I, I think they're recruiting him well, but it, it seems like they still trail teams like Georgia and Alabama in that recruitment. So they, they continue to bring in developmental guys, which is is fine if you develop them. But 
we've yet to see a guy that they brought in that was kind of under-recruited and, and was somebody that they valued on the recruiting trail. We've yet to see one of those prospects develop into a starter. And they haven't had to because of the players that were returning and they inherited. But at some point, the these offensive linemen in, in, in the last couple of classes that that they trusted their evaluations with, they're going to have to begin to produce. So how much trust in these type of commitments should Tennessee fans have in Dylan Ellerby and Josh Heupel, in your opinion? Yeah, that's, I think that's still a, a, a question to be answered in the, in the next couple of years. I, I think it's, it's fair to still have, you know, maybe some level of skepticism, but I think we also have at least a couple of examples to show that this staff knows what it's looking for, knows how to identify talent. Um, I, I think you have to give them a lot of credit for, the transfer portal evaluation on Gerald Mency, um, because that was a guy that really had not played at Florida. And they, they were kind of going by what they knew of him coming out of high school. They had recruited him coming out of high school, had a relationship with him, knew that he was a guy that was on the bench for Florida that could maybe help them in the future. And it turned out to be not just a, a future addition, but a guy that kind of plugged in as a day one starter for them last year. Uh, and then the other guy that w- we've seen play already for them in, in a significant role is uh is the other tackle there, Jeremiah Crawford. That was a, a a late addition in the early, early days of the Josh Heupel era, less than a week into his tenure. They they make this late addition that, that no one's really looking for going into signing day. Uh, and it's a guy they had recruited at UCF for a while who uh who who picked them over some some good options that they reached out to immediately after getting to Tennessee. So it looked like, you know, maybe just bringing in another body. He wasn't the most coveted offensive tackle coming out of junior college. As you said, last year they were able to kind of get by with Mincy and Crawford um, rotating a little bit and, and Mincy you know, being banged up and, and Crawford playing well in some games. So I think they've shown they, they can evaluate talent. Uh, but to your point, some of, the, some of the guys they have brought in, even some of their kind of star pickups so far, Addison Nichols being, being one of them, those guys, they haven't had to rely on them yet. So we don't exactly know what they have in them. So I am interested, interested to see over the next year what what do they get out of Masai Reddick, a guy I really liked coming out of high school? What how does Brian Grant come along? You know, what what do they get out of the guys in this twenty twenty two class? Uh, Umarov, uh, I I really like uh, a, a couple of the other guys in that class. You know, Larry Johnson was an intriguing junior college addition, just one year out of high school, but it looks like he's uh, he's got tremendous size and, and looks like he's got some upside there. So so they they've they've made they've shown enough to to suggest that fans should have some faith in in their ability to identify talent and their development. But yeah, I think fans still want to see, you know, to that point, they want to see them win more of those battles for highly ranked four stars and, and, and maybe a five star. They, they obviously didn't win that one, uh, but we're in position to at one point to, to land Francis Mowingoa. You know, if they could, if they could win one of those battles, it would, it would give them a lot more trust, I'm sure uh, among fans. But I, I think based on what we've seen so far, it, it's okay to, to, to still have a level of skepticism and in, 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 in they're recruiting on the offensive line, but I think they're doing well enough that uh, and the way they're developing guys that they're going to be okay. I think, especially in what they do, you know, you don't have to have um, the best offensive line in the country to succeed with their offensive system. You, you need guys who can execute what you do really well. You need to be able to move fast and um, you know, zone block well and, and, and things like that. You, you don't have to have, uh, the, the the most dominating offensive line, but obviously that's what everyone's goal is. And, and I think they've gotten mostly what they want so far, but the next year or two will tell us a lot more about how they're developing guys and, and exactly what they've gotten in some of these higher-ranked players that they have landed. 
Well, and simply put, Tennessee is a place where you don't have to go land the the recruits at any position that are being overlooked on the recruiting trail and then bank on your development. Development is important regardless of whether you sign a five-star or a two-star, but in, in terms of the elite talent that is more likely to make an early impact and more likely to help you win championships like the Alabamas and Georgias and, and Clemsons and Ohio States, the, the level of talent that those programs are bringing in, Tennessee is a place to to where you, you can bring in that talent and not rely on finding hidden gems on the recruiting trail. And, and even those schools still find hidden gems. I'm not saying don't do that at all, but you probably should not be bringing in an entire class full, your entire offensive line class. And, and their you know, offensive line class last year was not bad because Sham was a top 150, top 200 player, uh, big-time recruit out of the state of Georgia. Um, but simply put, Ryan, like Tennessee is not a place that you have to go get the the hidden gem. Like you, you should be getting the Wanya Morris's and the Daniel Calhouns and, and guys of that nature. But on the other hand, I do think fans – should trust Josh Heupel and Joey Halsley and Glenn Ellerby, this offensive coaching staff, because they're good football coaches. They they know what they're looking for and they, they do develop players. So it, it may be frustrating at times, but this is a Tennessee program that is still kind of trying to get itself up off the ground and, and reach that championship level. Uh, and they, they, they're just going to have to find a way to – it's okay to bring these guys in as long as it's working because the moment these, these guys aren't working, that, that's when you're really going to be questioned. But going back to my question that I, I posed for you, simply put, Josh Heupel, Glenn Ellerby, they're good football coaches. They know what to look for, and they can develop these guys. They, they definitely can, but you know, like like you said, you don't have to look for just under the radar players and that uh, that kind of thing at at Tennessee. You can usually go out and get some of those, uh, you know, at least those, if not the elite, you know, top fifty, top one hundred guys. You can at least get some of those second tier guys in, in most classes. At least one or two of those, uh, you know, solid four star prospects who's you know you're you're having to beat out a, a few SEC schools for. You can you can get those types of players at Tennessee on a pretty regular basis. So you shouldn't be relying on just um, you know, just these "quote unquote" over the uh, under the radar three stars or overlooked guys. Um, you, you can find some 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 coveted players uh, to to come to Tennessee, no matter what. Now, I will say, there's one thing that I think could start to make a difference for Tennessee in that in that regard that I don't think they've had to sell a whole lot with this staff, and that is the ability to put offensive linemen into the NFL. Uh, and Darnell Wright could go a long way in that regard for Tennessee this year if he is a first round pick. Um, not to say that landing one is automatically going to turn on the faucet for Tennessee to start landing five stars on the offensive line, but to, to be able to take a guy like that, although he did have the five-star pedigree coming out of high school, so it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that he's in the first-round mix, but this is a guy that when Tennessee, uh, when Tennessee's staff took over, Darnell Wright didn't look like he was on the path to being a first-round pick, at least not yet. You know, he, he had to develop quite a bit over the last two years to get there, and so I think Glenn Ellerby deserves a lot of credit for getting him there to where he played so well last year and, of course, had the great game against Alabama especially. Um, but that, I, I, that's something he hasn't had to sell. You know, he hasn't signed five stars coming out of high school before. He hasn't been at schools where he's had an opportunity to do that, frankly. 
until he got to Tennessee. You know, Missouri was really the biggest school he had uh, been at as, a, as an offensive line coach. So it, it's, it's been tough for him. He has, he's had to kind of get by with, uh, with, with finding three stars that he could get that were attainable at Missouri and UCF. And now he's able to go after a, a higher level of recruit at Tennessee. And he's gotten some of those four stars, but now, now people expect you to land, land some higher ranked guys. So start putting some guys in the NFL, even, even getting Jerome Carvin drafted late or, or signed into a free agent deal where he can stick to a roster in the NFL. That would be a big step for Tennessee. They need some success to point to where he can say, Hey, look, I, I helped those guys get there. I can get you there too. So I think that's something that Tennessee certainly hasn't been able to sell against schools like Georgia and Alabama that now going forward, at least for the first round pick, possibly in Darnell Ryan, that, that could at least make a difference to give Tennessee a lot more to sell there. Yeah. And especially if Jerome Carvin can sneak into the back end of the draft, which uh, seems at least possible that that would be a, a huge tool for Tennessee to use on the recruiting trail as well. So, uh, this conversation on the back half of this podcast was not indicative of Jesse Perry as a football player, but just understanding what what some in the fan base uh, and their reaction is is going to be when when they see a, a three star in state offensive lineman that they're not going to be thrilled or <laughs> jumping for joy. Uh, so more more so uh, addressing those folks. Uh, like, hey, you, you should trust Josh Heupel and, and Glenn Ellerby uh, because they're good football coaches. And-, well, and, to, and and to bring it back to Jesse Perry, you know, I think in this case, fans should be, I think, excited about. I, I think you look at who a staff wants, uh, who they're pursuing heavily. It's always about, you know, that some staffs genuinely are going after some three stars harder than they're recruiting some four stars. That That is absolutely the truth. Staffs don't look at, our rankings, they don't go by that. So if it's a guy that happens to be recruited uh, heavily and he's a four-star um, and and they like him, so be it. But sometimes they look at four-stars that are pretty highly ranked and they're like, we don't think he's that good. And sometimes they're proven to be right by that. I think the staff actually deserves the benefit of the doubt across the board on a lot of evaluations because we've seen a lot of examples of them going after guys who rose in the rankings, you know, Nathan Leacock last year, guys like that. So who's to say Jesse Perry doesn't end up at least a high three-star by the time signing day rolls around? We just don't know. But this is the guy they've been recruiting heavily since they offered him back in February, not just a, not just taking a three-star because he decided to commit. You know, This is a guy they clearly set their sights on. And once they offered a, a, an in-state guy like that, especially, you've pretty much made up your mind, like, we, we want this guy when you offer him going into the, the spring of his junior year. So they, 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 they coveted him saw him as a guy they wanted from the minute they offered him and, and got him. So to me, that's fans should take, you know, take comfort in that, that this is someone they, they clearly coveted for, for weeks. And, uh, and, and yeah, he's got that three-star rating next to his name, but uh, that that's not always the story or the complete story, especially at the offensive line position, which is just such a developmental position by nature. When you see, uh, I can't think of his name now, the guy at from Farragut who went on to, to become a first round pick uh, at, at center uh, this past year, you know, just, Guys like that, that, that happens on the offensive line. So you just don't know at that position. These guys transform their bodies completely a lot of times. They just are such different players by the time they graduate college. So it, it, you really have to give coaches the benefit of the doubt a lot of times. And I think Glenn Ellerby has earned that as, as much as anyone so far, just with what we've seen in his first two years at Tennessee. He certainly has. And, Ryan, we appreciate your time here on the Go Vols 247 podcast. It's It's been a busy Friday for you and and may continue to be a busy 
weekend for you as well, even despite it being Easter. That's right. Never, never slows down. Hey, Tennessee's got some visitors on campus this weekend too, including five-star linebacker Sammy Brown. So it's there's there's a lot uh, a lot going on. It's been a busy spring for Tennessee, and and yeah, as you said, a busy day. So good, good. Uh, it's been a good, good Friday for the Vols, and and we'll see how uh, how the rest of the weekend progresses. He's Ryan Callahan. I'm Ben McKee. This has been another edition of the Go Vols 247 podcast, a breaking news edition and a recruiting edition of the Go Vols 247 podcast. Have a happy Easter, everybody.